Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, and welcome to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast on ACAST. I'm Jolie Kerr, a cleaning expert, advice columnist, and author of the New York Times bestselling book, My Boyfriend Barfed in My Handbag, and Other Things You Can't Ask Martha. You should send your questions about cleaning or anything else, really, to JolieCare at gmail.com. Kat Kinsman joins me today to talk about doing the dishes. Hi, Kat. Hi, Jolie. I bet you do a lot of dishes in your line of work. Well, <laughs> as it, my, my husband is the primary dish doer, oh. I, I am a great appreciator thereof. Okay. No, I am here to learn. Excellent. All right. Well, we have we have a lot to cover today about doing dishes because this is uh, my Thanksgiving episode. I would tell you guys that I'm excited. But you guys would know that that's a lie because you guys know that I hate the holidays. Uh, you do? I do. I'm oh, a holiday hater. Right here with you. Oh, yay. I'm so glad. Yes, I, I get um, I get extraordinarily uh, depressed around the holidays. Oh. Uh, I It's a whole it's a whole thing. Same girl. Like, I've yeah. got the blue light on my desk at work. Yeah. All of it. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah. It's, a, it's a whole it's a whole thing for me. Um, I don't mind Thanksgiving as much, partly because... I've taken some of the pressure off myself by um, flipping the Thanksgiving tradition on its head. And I now celebrate with my best friend and his husband out in in L.A. every year. So I get sunshine and I get to see my best friend and his husband and my dog nephew. And so that it it makes it better. Um, But, yeah, I'm not I'm not the biggest like uh, holiday cheer person. Um, Although I will say this year I have a lot to be thankful for. And before we get into this Thanksgiving episode, I want to remind you guys that I offer bonus episodes and all sorts of other cool rewards to my premium subscribers. If you would like to help underwrite my show and listen to Chip Chat by becoming an Ask a Clean Person podcast patron, go to patreon.com slash askacleanperson to help support my show. You guys, only $2 a month for Chip Chat. Chip Chat this time around is going to be our our official Thanksgiving Chip Chat because I have... Uh, assorted Thanksgiving chips. I have turkey and gravy chips. I have pumpkin pie chips. I'm very excited about it. This is also uh, the time of the month when I have to do the patron thanks. Um, thank you to all of these people who have helped to support my show. Uh, Milleray DePozo, Shannon Connors Fabricant, Allison Pollock, Karen B- oh, Bickler. I was about to say Bircher because um, apparently I can't read type anymore. Uh, thank you also to Lucas, Anna Beam, Shannon Williamson, Mary P.S., Erica Dinsdale, Andrea Zellner, Haley Seiler, Rebecca Boylan, Andrew McDowell, and then I have a few of the nicest patrons. You guys, these are the people who pledged two sixty nine. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you to Saskia, Allison Nanko, Lindsay McCook, and a very, very, very special thank you to Jackie Champagne. You guys, Jackie... Uh, is my merch lady, and I have great news about the merch. The merch is back just in time for the holiday season. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. Uh, Jackie had a, t- a tiny clean person of her own um, this summer, and so she took some mat leave, uh, which she, she should have done, and I was glad she did. Um, 
But the merch shop is back, so you can find that by going to Velvet Hammer Designs on Etsy. I will um, post the link on Twitter and Facebook and all the places that I, I post links. But if you want to get a Formula 69 short, shirt or a Bro Princess shirt or uh, Hansies and Neezies and Bleachy and Oxy and Jolie shirt, you can get one of those. We may do a holiday design. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have an idea. Um so definitely go check those out. Um, buy one for yourself. Buy one for all the people you love. Listen, I mean, I feel like your grandmother would love a Formula 69 t-shirt. I think that that would just be a great present for her. Um, so very excited that the merch is back. And um, thank you especially to Jackie uh, for doing that for all of my listeners. Um, as I said, today is the um, the Thanksgiving episode. We were just talking about dish doing because Thanksgiving is like the dish holiday. Right? This, oh, this is like the Super Bowl of food. Yeah, it yeah. totally is. It totally is. Um, and it's kind of a disaster. Um, and there's there's a lot to cover. I did do a Dish Doing episode last year. I foolishly did not write down the episode number for you guys, uh, but you can go and find it, no doubt. Um, we have um, some really good questions today that um, get a little bit more into like the, the deep cleaning of dishes. Um, so I am going to have... Cat, uh, take over right now and read our first question from Allison. Hello, Allison. Hello. Today, Allison writes, my wife and I have a few questions that you two may be able to help answer. They're about the best way to soak dirty dishes in order to expedite scrubbing slash cleaning. Specifically, do you want these one by one or in bulk? Mm, you can do them all at once. Okay. I'll answer them separate. Well, obviously, I'll answer them separately. I'm going to answer them just in one long string of words. And I am just here to cheer you on because <laughs> I am learning as we go. Um, just how long does a pot, baking dish, or plate need to soak to expedite the scrubbing process? This will help settle frequent discussions about whether a multiple hour soak actually makes more of a difference when it comes to scrubbing than, say, a 10 to 30 minute soak. Question two. What is the best solution in which to soak dirty dishes, water slash dish soap, or something else? And are there any known risks related to soaking dishes for a long time, i.e. bacteria growth? These are great questions. There is so I much love here. I love these questions. I was very excited about it. Um, so I have answers for all of them. Um, let us talk generally about the process of soaking pots, pans, and baking dishes. And I'm going to just kind of say, like, pots, but the, I'm, I right. kind of mean I kind of mean all of it. Um, and I'll say also, I, I picked this because it was a great question, and I liked that there were multiple facets to it, but also I picked it because it was one of the questions that Kat had for me <laughs> uh, when, when, we were, when we were planning this episode. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just answer it, because if, if Kat has the question, who works in food... Right. Then other people do too. Well, I, I mean, and I want to say I, I, I break it down by material personally. Like mm-hmm. it's different uh, scrubbing metal versus some enameled metal. You're versus, absolutely right. But when I had my, you'll, I'll share my question in a bit. But I was specifically thinking the edge of like a Pyrex, a mm-hmm. clear Pyrex. Yep. And I've got help for that for oh, sure. Bless you. Um, okay, so the soaking thing. First of all, it's a good thing to do. Absolutely, it's a good thing to do. Um, I, the the way to think about why you might soak something is to think about actually what happens to the the pot, the pan, the baking dish in the course of something being cooked in it. And here's what happens to it. Food, when it is exposed to heat, loses its liquid and it dries out and it dries onto whatever you're cooking in it. If you fill that vessel 
with water, what you're doing essentially is reconstituting the food that's dried out. And so it's much easier to, to get off. This makes sense. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's really good um, about water in general when it comes to doing dishes, I mean, you need it for rinsing, obviously. Um, but you can also, and you should use water to, and you guys are going to laugh. I was like, only I could manage to work the word lubricate into an episode <laughs> about doing the goddamn dishes. Like, I, there's just like no salvaging this show at this point. It is, I've gone fully off the, the dirty rails. Um, so water um, can be used to basically lubricate pans to protect against scratching when you are doing your cleaning, your, your, your big scrubbing of things. I think of it in my own life as kind of like a whetstone. Like you use, you use water in, in, in conjunction with a whetstone for lubrication so that you're not scratching dry stone against dry stone. And that's kind of how I think about um, when you're using a particularly abrasive sponge or cleaner, um, that the water helps to, to protect and lubricate and create a barrier in between the metal and the abrasive so that you're not scratching. Uh, one place where this is not true, and one thing that you should never, ever, 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 ever soak, and this is going to be near and dear to, <gasps> yes, your, it is. to your heart. I know where this is you going. You already know where this is going, is you should never soak cast iron. <sighs> yeah. Cast iron does not love water. It should not be exposed to water for long periods of time at all. In fact, after you've washed cast iron, and that's a whole other episode for a whole other day. I'm not even. I'm not even. I could spend a touching week on it. that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll. I'll have you come back. I did an episode a thousand years ago about cast iron. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like one of the first. Like, I'm not kidding you. Like 20 episodes that I did. This is episode 144. Just to give you a sense of how long ago that was. Um, so there is there is an episode about um, the care and keeping and curing and all of that stuff of cast iron out there. But I really am overdue for another one. Um, one thing just to bear in mind, especially, you know, with the holidays coming up when people really, I think, use our cast iron a lot, you know, the family cornbread recipe and um, all that good stuff, is you don't want to soak it. And after you're done washing oh, it. Dry that shit out. Dry it immediately. Don't. It does. The, the cast iron should not go, you know, on the on the towel on the countertop to drip dry or in the drying rack to drip dry. It should be. You should towel it off immediately. Oh, I, I, I actually I put it on the burner and uh, my skillet, I reheat that thing to make sure it's completely dry. Bone dry. That's so smart. I love that. Um, okay. So let's get into the actual questions that we had in this um, from, from this listener. So the first was how, how long to soak? Here's the thing. You don't really need to soak it that, that, that long because really what you're trying to do is, re, as I said, reconstitute the dried on food and that's probably not going to take terribly long. Now, if you've completely scorched an entire meal <laughs> been there i've and i've been there i mean you know not and you know not like i've ruined dinner but like oh i have know, if you're, oh plenty of times well and yeah i've never, never ruined dinner from time to time um but you know like like brussels sprouts are one that like when you're roasting brussels sprouts you're gonna burn them onto the pan because that's part of the, the point of what you're trying to do with them um so in the in the accepting instances where You've really, really burned something on. F- like five to ten minutes of soaking time is is probably going to be more than enough. Uh, let's let's just go ahead and say five to thirty minutes is kind of like your your window for your average dish snowing. Um, that should suffice for what you need. But I also want to add this: I often, in my own life, 
soak things overnight because it's an efficient use of my time yes. to do that. And that is okay. That is really okay. You just made me feel so much better because yeah. I always felt like, oh, I'm just, am I just taking the lazy route here? No. So, oh, that's it's good. an efficient use of your time to say, I've done all the, t-. and here's the other thing. In my own home, people, you know, my, my listeners, my home is tiny, which means that my drying rack is very, very small. So after I've cooked a big meal, I don't often have room in the drying rack for all of the pots and the pans and the dishes and the utensils and the blah, 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 blah that I've used. And of course, like, you know, I'll take the big pots and pans and just dry. If there isn't room, I'll just dry them and put them away immediately. Um, but a lot of times the choice to soak, you know, maybe the largest baking dish or, or pot that, that I've roasting used. roasting pan. Yeah, it's always the roasting pan, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, overnight is just a space consideration, too, because I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to let all this stuff dry. In the morning, I'll put it away. I'll wash the one last pan. It's one pan. doesn't matter. That's totally fine. It's not It's not a problem at all. And I, and I say that um, to tell you that I do it, and so it's fine. But also, like, you know, don't just... But just be efficient with your time. And if the most efficient thing, honestly, is to leave the thing overnight, then leave it overnight. No big deal. Um, that actually, I'm going to I'm going to jump ahead to the third question, because um, I think this is a good good time to address it, um, which is they asked about the the risks of leaving something like is there, am I going to like develop like bac- bacterial growth? If you've got cookware that is extraordinarily porous. It's possible that you could get a bacterial growth in there that then like gets into I'm thinking of like clay, like a like something like a, a tagine. But realistically, no, most of your cookware is going to be um, it's going to be stainless or it's going to be um, ceramic. How about like Tupperware? A Tupperware is like a little bit of a different animal. Um, but again, with Tupperware, you're not really talking about burnt on. Usually you're right. talking about smells Gooped and stains. Yeah. Usually with Tupperware, you're talking about smells and stains, which are kind of a d- different thing from what um, from what we're talking about today. Um, the biggest concern is not actually that there's going to be bacterial growth. Because then also, if you think about it, you're going you're gonna to wash the dish, too. You're going to use your, yes. your soap and your hot water and all of that stuff. Uh, the biggest concern is actually um, the, the attracting of critters. Oh, yes. Because um, you've got water and you've got food, and that creates... Um, you know, perhaps an inviting environment for critters. So I would say, generally speaking, don't leave something soaking for over a day. Um, but also, Sink roaches. yeah. But also, like, don't leave your. Don't kill me for this, you guys. But like, don't really leave your dishes for more than a day. Like, well, I know, I know, people do. I, you know, I'm not I, valid. Yeah, I don't. Life but, happens. But life happens, and I know that. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally speaking, you don't want to be living, leaving a big sink full of dishes with food hanging around it and water and all that for, for a day, two days, five days, oh, 365 days. College flashbacks, yeah. like um, boyfriend's apartment in college kind of thing. Yeah, because that's just going to attract critters and fruit flies and all kinds of other disgusting things. So you don't want to do that. Um, okay, so when, let's go to the, the, the second question or the, the second bullet point in our, in our question. Um, which is what's the best solution to use? Really just dish soap and hot water. Yeah. Uh, a few fine points, though, about this. I feel like you're going to really love this one. Um, there was a funny thing about uh, starch and dairy. Oh. You want to rinse something that you've cooked, uh, that you've cooked starch and dairy in with cold water. What? Before hot water, because hot water will make those two things gummy. That it will makes make it sense. So much harder to clean. 
Now, the hot water is better for the soaking off of things. It also has um, a none too small effect on uh, cheese that's been melted on in that it will it will sort of melt the cheese back and make it easier to slide off. Um, but generally speaking, if you've cooked something that is heavy on dairy and or heavy on starch, start by giving it a rinse with cool water to get out as men, as much of the solids as you can and then move to the hot water with the blurt of dish soap. Blurt of dish soap, by the way, is a technical term you in, in the industry. blowing my mind I love here. it. I figured you would like that one. And what well, with the dish soap, too, I know that this is just a psychological thing. I always feel like I'm a little cleaner when I'm using something lemony. That's totally just marketing, right? Yeah, that's... that's <laughs> I mean, it's not so much that it's marketing so much as that to you, lemon equals clean. It and does. for some people, um, you know, the smell of bleach equals clean. To some people, the smell of bleach is like, oh my God, get that away from my food stuff. That's dangerous. Um, scent is a really personal thing. I actually, I was just on the Ask a Manager podcast and we were talking oh, about- Oh, I have it downloaded. <laughs> um, oh, good. Uh, well, you'll hear you'll hear me talk about this. We were talking about scents, um, scented air fresheners in the office. Um, and I talked a lot about why the- the the scent thing is so personal to us. Um, so you'll hear that. And then, you know, it applies to all different things. Um, so yeah, just, um, just hot water and just soap. Um, if you have something that has been very greasy, so um, let's say not your cast iron, but your other pan that you use to fry chicken in, um, before you do the soaking in it, it is not a bad idea to wipe out the pot or pan or baking dish or whatever it is with paper towels to remove a lot of that grease before you do the soaking. Um, grease, again, is kind of the opposite of the starch and dairy thing that it really benefits from that hot water. Um, I'll tell you another tip that my um, my superintendent told me when I first moved into my building 10,000 years ago. Um, he was like, you know, obviously I live in like an old New York City building. I don't have a garbage disposal or anything like that. Um, I am very careful, as everybody should be, about not dumping oil and grease down my kitchen drain. Oh, save that and cook with it. <laughs> um, but, you know, obviously when I've been cooking with something particularly oily, um, you know, there is going to be oil that, that goes down the drain. Um, and so Steve told me, he was like, whenever you're cleaning anything that's like really, really oily, run the hottest hot tap water after you've washed all your dishes and everything. Just leave the hot, hot tap water running for like a minute. Because that hot water will will help to flush the grease down the drain and loosen it up so that it doesn't um, congeal up on the side of your pipes. Yeah. So uh, and, and I, it's a little wasteful of water, but on the other hand, like you know, if you <laughs> when if you don't want that to back up, you don't want that to back up. Absolutely. And I I personally like um, I use too many paper towels probably more than a human should really, and I do a lot of soaking of it first and just blotting that that stuff up before it goes down. Yeah. But I'm yeah. wasteful that way. Yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing. You know, paper towels are are very, very convenient um, for a lot of things. And, and it's good to be mindful of your use of them. But I I certainly don't take a hard line in being like, no paper towels ever. Because paper towels are great. I feel like I'm going um, to confession today. You're you absolving me of all my, you know my guilt. You know what? One thing you should actually try. I bet you're going to love these. And these might, like, really change your whole, like, paper toweling life. Um, is... Try picking up a roll of shop towels, which are those blue paper towels. Those thick ones. That are thicker and more absorbent. You might find, especially for like wiping out your like cast iron and stuff, that those really um, do a, they allow you to use fewer of them and do a better job because oh, they're so more fun. absorbent. 
Oh, I'm like yeah. writing that down right now. Yeah. So I would I would try that for sure. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid to wipe out a pan with paper towels before you even get to the point where you're introducing, you know, soap and water and sponges and all of that kind of stuff, too, because that really is very effective. I'll tell you also one thing that I do. I Listen, proceed at your own risk. But I, I think this is a great thing. I use my like cleaning solutions, my non dish soap cleaning solutions on pots and pans oh, like all the time. Absolutely. Like I use I have like I have this like antibacterial it's like a eco friendly one. I have like an antibacterial spray that like I spray my cut because I don't have a dishwasher. So um I'll spray my cutting cutting boards after I've cut chicken with the antibacterial, rinse it and then do the soap and water. Oh, um, I'm a freak for Clorox bleach wipes. Yeah. Like I've that used, can solve anything for me. Yeah. I'll use like, I'll use just like an all purpose spray on a, on a pot and pan before I hit it with the soap and water. Yeah. I, I have no, no problem with doing that at all. Um, and it really works. One place where that's particularly effective is if you do have something um, that has gotten very greasy and that has that kind of baked on grease to it, uh, your, your like heavy duty degreasers, like your citrus solves and your, Zep citrus degreaser. Um, those are excellent for doing a first pass. The one thing that is, I just got to like really reiterate, it is really important that you wash them very thoroughly with soap and water after you've done that because you don't want residue from a degreaser on your pots and pans because then you'll end up ingesting it and you shouldn't be ingesting that. It's it's not good stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can you you can do that. Is a, is a thing I want to tell you guys. You can absolutely do that. Um, okay, so on that on that good note, this is actually a good time for us to take a quick break. Kat and I will be right back with more about doing the dishes. We're going to talk about sponges. Love sponges. I love a sponge, man. I love a sponge. Uh, this is Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. I'm Jolie Kerr, and I'm joined by Kat Kinsman. We're talking about doing the dishes. I'm learning so much today. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Um... So, yeah, as I said, you guys, um, this, the second question we have is actually from Kat. As we were playing this episode, she was like, I've got questions for you. One of them is about soaking. Um, and so I'm going to have you read it. You can editorialize if you uh, want. <laughs> well, I feel slightly mortified with some of this because my dad is a retired chemist and his job was um, 
He worked with dibasic and fatty acids, so he literally like invents soaps. <gasps> so I sh- can he come on the show? I'm sure can he would. Co- can you come on with your dad? I think he he would be amazing. So a lot of your favorite household soaps, like he had a hand in those. So I should know better about a lot of this stuff. I love it. I would say that I'll have my dad on too, but you, my my listeners and my dad would just take over the whole show. Uh- <laughs> I swear, when I when this episode posts, I'm gonna get an email with a thousand comments from my dad. I'm excited. I want to hear them all. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so I asked because I have very particularly when think when I'm reading this question, think of lasagna. Edges of casserole pans are a beast, and it's hard to resist the urge to soak. I know there must be a better way. Also, I am obsessed with this. My sister-in-law uses the term party gravy for that sludge that's sometimes left on the kitchen floor where people have gathered and spilled. I sometimes feel like the stickiness is pervasive, and wonder if there's a way to either forestall or quickly ameliorate. My own worst personal kitchen mess. Oh, my God. I'm smelling this as I'm reading this. <laughs> Came from Peking style duck that set my oven on fire. It was a New Year's Eve. We had like 12 people we had to send <gasps> outside and entailed both flammable spill in the oven and pervasive smoke smell. Oh, <laughs> help God. me, Jolie. Yes, I have I have help for you. So let me let me tell you, first of all, um, I included the thing about the Peking duck because I, I want to remind you guys um you know, safety is really, really important during the holiday. You know, I'm grinchy, but I promise I'm not being grinchy when I say this part. I'm saying this out of love and care and concern for all of you. Um, The holidays are a really, really dangerous time in the home. And so a couple of safety tips for you. One, always keep a fire extinguisher in the kitchen, especially around Thanksgiving when you have big greasy turkeys and lots of burners going. Fires are just so, so, so easy to have happen. Um, so keep a fire extinguisher around. Make sure your um, smoke detector has fresh batteries and is working. Um, and never, ever, ever leave any food unattended when you're cooking. So there are some safety tips for you guys. Um, and I did want to mention, um, since you you know set your oven on fire, I was like, well, this is a good opportunity. It's a very greasy this bird. Is a, this is a good opportunity to scare the tar out of everybody and it's remind important. them that yeah, it really that, is. That, you know, kitchen fires are real and they do happen. Um, the smoke smell. Do you know about Ozium? No, tell me. Well, now you know about Ozium. Ozium is an air freshener spray. Actually, I talked about that on the Ask a Manager podcast. So you'll hear me talk about it. Um, it does have a scent, but the scent dissipates very quickly. It is an insanely great odor neutralizer. I learned about it. Um, I think the first time that I ever read about it was on a forum for marijuana enthusiasts. <laughs> so if it can nuke the smell of pot smoke in the air, it can take your your Peking duck smoke uh it was intense. It yeah. was really. Um, I also love and am keeping, stealing, keeping as my own uh, the term party gravy for floors. That is brilliant and beautiful. Um, I think it's great. I have some thoughts on that for sure. Um, but mostly what I really wanted to talk about in answering your questions was to talk about that. The proverbial lasagna dish. Right. Because <laughs> um, I think we've all like we've all got one. Right. Like I have I have a white rectangular fluted side oh, yeah like corningware corningware kind of. yep and i love this thing and it's so i don't even know where the hell it came from like i definitely i definitely snagged it from my mother's house at some point in my life i just don't even remember when um and this thing is so banged up and i love it and every once in a while i kind of like really go to town on it and i'm like i'm gonna get this thing pristine but actually like there's no getting it pristine because i've scratched it over yeah. the years it's it's loved um, and I also just kind of want to say this, like, as long as cookware is clean, it 
it's okay that it doesn't look pristine. Like my Le Creuset does not look pristine oh, at I'm all. Beaten up, and I love it because I because I use it. Yes, it's a sign of and same for me. Honestly, same with cookbooks. Cookbooks should have stains and should be open to certain recipes. Yeah. I think it's love. Yeah, it just shows that you've used it. Um, so one of the things um that I want to talk about was specifically with baking dishes, uh, much more so than than pots and pans because most pots and pans are. You know, you're going to have stainless. I mean, unless you have really, really fancy copper, in which case, like, I mean, I don't know why <laughs> you, you did that. <laughs> Bless you. But I don't know why you did that to yourself. Um, you know, stainless is pretty forgiving. Um, but baking dishes, the ceramics, the yeah. corningwares, the Le Creuset, all of that, Pyrex, all of that stuff um, can be very tricky. And actually, what they really benefit from um, is having a, a deep understanding. This is like going to be the most Joelish thing ever. A deep understanding of the taxonomy of sponges. <gasps> now, I have a holy grail story that I've, I, <laughs> I keep needling one of my editors in particular to let me write this story. And he like really does not want to let me write this story. But I'm like, keep working on him and keep working on him and keep working on him. Um, and in my mind, here's what this is called. It is called, Are You My Sponge? Uh, and, and I have like, I, it's like, it's like constructed in my mind where like, I want to have like a flow chart, like an interactive flow chart of sponges where someone can be like, this is my pro, this is my thing that I need to clean. And it can like take them through like a flow chart of like the material type and what's been cooked on it. And like, and it eventually leads them to their sponge that they need. Oh my God. Sell um, that to some brand. That is a genius idea editor. If you're not going to do that, I'm going to run that. Okay. Yeah, so that's the other thing. I was like, well, I got the I got the woman who runs the cooking site over here. <laughs> got to happen. See, see, secretly pitching you. Um, okay, so I do want to talk about there are all kinds of sponges in this great wide world, and a lot of them are really wonderful. <laughs> is that the title and, of your memoir, by the way? Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, the title of my memoir is definitely going to be much dirtier than that. Um, so I wanted to talk about some of the sponges that you might think about getting. Um, just, I mean, for like just for life. Uh, <laughs> but especially if you're going to be hosting a big holiday meal this year. I mean, regardless of whether you're hosting your family's Thanksgiving or you're doing a Thanksgiving for your friends or, you know, you're just how you're just going to have a big holiday party. You're going to have a lot of dishes to do at some point this holiday season. These are the different sponges that you might want to think about getting. Now, first of all, I want you guys to know that there are two kinds of scotch Brite sponges in the world. I personally believe that scotch Brites are the best sponges. Like I love, I am seconded. I'm ex- exceedingly brand loyal to to Scotch Brights. In my own life, I use the yellow and green ones. Okay, um, with the, with the scrubby top. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. but there's but there are two kinds, and I want to talk to you about the difference between the two because they're both very good, and they both have a place, especially when you're talking about cleaning up after holiday meals. So the first kind of Scotch Brite is the one that we all think of, which is the yellow and green one. Um, that is actually a heavy-duty scrub scrub sponge. The yellow part is just standard sponge and can be used on anything. But the green scrubby back is a heavy-duty scrubber. And I want you to bear that in mind because the other kind of Scotch-Brite sponge is the non-scratch scrub sponge. That's the blue on blue. It's the blue sponge with a slightly darker blue this. scrubber. Okay. It's it it looks just like the yellow and green one. It's just blue on blue. Okay. Um, light light blue and dark blue basically. 
the blue on blue one is the one that you want to use if you're washing things that are delicate. So if you are pulling out your grandmother's china, if you are using your family's um, painted glasses, yes, anything that might scratch is is what you will want to clean with the blue on blue. Oh my gosh, can I share a small horror story Yes, here? you can. There was a woman named Martha who uh, some great uncle of mine apparently had relations with <laughs> during <laughs> during World War II. We don't know what happened. All I know is one time my grandmother and my aunt showed up with Martha in tow. She was staying with us for a couple of days. She decided she was going to be helpful around the house. We had this little crystal basket for some reason and Martha decided she was going to be helpful and Martha used the wrong sponge and scratched the hell out of this thing and I have it just scarred me so deeply as deeply as the surface of this little crystal (laughs) basket and I have since lived in such horror and fear of using uh, of scratching something delicate like that yeah Oh um, God! Which actually, which actually leads me back to that thing that I was talking about about the whetstone theory of using the water to protect things. Um, one thing to do while you're washing something that you're afraid might scratch, whether you know whether it's like you know your grandmother's china, or frankly whether it's like you know sta- stainless steel if you don't want to scratch it. Um, using water creates a barrier that will help to to you know let you sort of bear into something that needs to be scrubbed but with an, an extra measure of protection but also stop and look i mean <laughs> it, I, it sounds incredibly facile to say that but like Makes if sense. you're just like going to town on something like if you have if you're not looking at the thing you're not noticing damage as it's occurring if you happen to be if you are looking at something and you're paying attention to it you can be like ooh hmm that looks like it's causing some damage. I'm going to stop before I do any more. Um, okay, so those are your basic sponges. Those those are those are kinds of the ones that like when you're making your Thanksgiving shopping list, you probably want to like toss that on your list. So they sell them at the grocery store. You can pick them up when you're picking up your turkey. When do you toss it out? By the way, <sighs> that's a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I it, there's a there's a line in my book. Um, it's a little bit flip, but I think it's actually probably a pretty, pretty good rule of thumb there. I, I tell a story in my book about one of my college, well, I walked into the, the kitchen of our college apartment one day and my, one of my college roommates was standing there and she was like, I'm going to throw this sponge out. And I was like, why? It's fine. And she hand, holds it up to me and she goes, would you lick that sponge? And oh. I was like, nope, throw it away. You're right. It was like the f- life was, lesson. <laughs> it really was. And it, I mean, it's so that happened. You know, I was in my twenties. I was in college. I was in my twenties, so like it stayed with me low these many years. Um, so that that's a good rule of thumb. If it's if it's um, if you wouldn't lick it, uh, if it smells, uh, if it's very torn up, yeah. Um, but you can clean sponges, and we'll 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 do a whole other episode on that. Um, here is another sponge I love. I bet you're gonna love that. I bet you already love this sponge too. And everybody listening to this who's a regular listener is like, we know what's coming, Jolie. <laughs> You're going to talk about the Dobie pad now. We know. Now you're going to spell it out. D-O-B-I-E. I do this every time. You guys, I love the Dobie pad. What can I say? It just makes me happy. The Dobie pad is, um, it's another 3M product. So Scotch-Brite is a 3M. 3M is just like, I'm not paid by 3M to say this. In Pay way, her, shape 3M. Or form. No, please don't, because then I can't write for the New York Times anymore. Uh, co- conflict issues. Um, uh the Dobie pad is the non-scratch abrasive scrub sponge. It's like a step 
it's like a step up from the green and yellow one in that it will scour as effectively as the green side, but it will not scratch. What does it look like? It looks like um, a thin yellow sponge that's covered in a, a plastic netting. I love those. You know what they are. Oh, you totally know yes. what they are. You totally know what they oh, are. Oh, yeah. They're sort yeah. of bright. Yeah. They're, they're yellow. Yeah. Um, they come in like a green and yellow box. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and actually, you guys, um, if you well, probably a lot of you skipped the episode because you were like, well, I don't play hockey. Um, but if you listen to the hockey episode, um, my guest for that one, David Cavucci, just tweeted at me yesterday. He was so excited that he bought a Dobie pad. And he just tweeted a photo of it at me. I was like, oh, you're, I, I got you. Like, you, you love being here, man. I think I think now I'm working on this theory. Um, cause there actually, there aren't that many differences between men and women when it comes to cleaning, which mm-hmm. is a very good thing. Um, but I think that men might get really jazzed by like a, an outre sponge, like a, like a, a sponge with like special powers. I, I feel, I feel mm-hmm. like just a, I have like a, a jolly spidey sense about it that I think that, that this is like another, another place where I can like rope hang the, the gender hat <laughs> well i i you know i, I always want to try to find ways to interest um i mean everybody in cleaning um but i but i do i do kind of think a little bit along gender lines um yeah it's what well, we have a flip in my house my husband is an infinitely tidier and scrubbier person than i well actually i do the big messes i do the big gross messes and he's the one who does like the the daily he dish does the doer fine and detail stuff. work or he well he does he's the daily dish doer and i'm gonna go in and scrub the toilet like it's yeah. it's yeah. yeah you have your breakdown of of household chores and it works for you guys yeah. and yeah I think yeah that's great um so yeah i love the dobie pad i think really especially during the holidays the dobie pad is ind- indispensable it's really it's like the thing you're really going to use on that lasagna pan mm-hmm. that you know you don't want to scratch the the enamel coating um off of it but you do want to really bear down and scrub the hell out of the thing. And the Dobie pad is going to let you do that. The other thing that the Dobie pad is great for, great for cleaning the interior of refrigerators because oh. it's non-scratch. So it won't scratch the plastic. Um, but when you get, you know, that like pool of hoisin sauce. Oh, that, yes. You know, right? Everybody <laughs> knows that. Grenadine. Yeah. Um, when you really need to get in there and, and scrub at something, the Dobie will let you do that without scratching the plastic interior of a refrigerator. So it's wonderful. It's also really great on an oven. Even one with nasty (laughs) duck fat on it, burned, scorched onto it for all of eternity. Indeed. Now, I would say that that's probably going to be a single-use Dobie pad that you're going to want to throw away when you're done with that job. But that's okay because the Dobie pad also is not very expensive. I think it's $1.29. So, I mean, I don't want to be encouraged. Like, you know, don't don't throw one away every single time you use it. But, like, you know, don't don't be afraid to treat it like a single-use thing. That's A-okay. Here is another, um, it's it's not a sponge, but it's a scrubber. I bet you do already know about this one um, because of your love of cast iron and all of your recent research. You guys, Kat just like salvaged uh, an insanely desecated looking I cast iron. In a, like in a murder shed. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the, the murder shed cast iron pan. Um, so there is something called the ringer. It is a cat. <sighs> I, I have you know, not used one. Is you know the what chain? it is? It's the chain nail <gasps> scrubber. So you guys, it's a, first of all, this is like, I, I spoiler alert, I put it on my gift guide this year. I did my gift guide for Epicurious this year. Um, and I put this thing on there and like for each inch, I won't tell you the other stuff that I put in there. Um, but 
for each entry at the end of it, I had like a who to buy it for. And for the chain mail scrubber, I was like, for the cast iron or Renaissance fair enthusiast in your life. Because it really, it's chain mail. It tracks. Like, yeah. Um, so what it is, it's, it's like a, it's like a small, um, like, if you took a, if you took a pot holder and shrunk it, it's that size um, piece of chain mail that is fantastic for scrubbing baked on, cooked on stuff off of cast iron. Um, I you you can use it on other things. I would not um, because I think that it I, I think it runs such a risk of scratching. Even if you do kind of the whetstone approach and have running water going and all of that stuff, I wouldn't. I would I would save it really for. Um, for your cast iron. I think it's fine to be fetishy about your cast iron. Like, oh, yeah. And just have dedicated tools for it. And stuff. Sure. It, it loves you back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the chainmail scrubber is great for cast iron. And it's particularly great because, you know, cast iron does have all of these rules. Like, you know, you can't use soap and you can't soak it. And it really is a bear to clean. I have... Um, I have a cast iron grill pan that I very rarely use because it's such a... I mean, you guys, pardon the language. It's such a fucking pain in the ass to clean this fucking thing. It pisses me off so much. The last time I cleaned it, you guys, I literally used WD-40 on it. WD-40 to clean something that I cook my food in. Um, because I cooked, I had marinated steak tips in a in a sugary marinade. Um, and I cooked them. And it just like, it just bonded. The marinade like bonded onto the pan. And so... I didn't have the the, the ringer chainmail scrubber in my life, so I used WD forty. Uh, I would much rather not use my WD forty on my cookware. Um, also, one thing, you guys, if you do use WD forty on your cookware, please, 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 please wash it several times after oh. you've done so with hot soapy water. Not just because you don't want to be cooking WD forty into your food, because WD forty is flammable. So don't set yourself on fire. Um, Okay, so the ringer is wonderful. Uh, let us also talk about microfiber sponges. Microfiber sponges are wonderful. They are probably not going to be what you're going to use on any of your cookware, but what they are great on is they are great on cleaning that party gravy off of your floors. They're great Back for to the party gravy. They're great for cleaning your kitchen surfaces. Um, microfiber just has a has a property to it that that sort of pulls uh, dirt and scum and film up a bit better than other types of cleaning rags, cotton, sponges, paper towels, all of that stuff. So microfiber is wonderful. And they and there and there are microfiber sponges in addition to, you know, cloths and rags and all different kinds of styles that exist in the world. Um here is another one. Sparkle sponges. Wait, is that, love, are those the pretty ones? They're the pretty ones. Oh. I love sparkle sponges. So microfiber sponges and sparkle sponges um, can be found by a brand that I really, really love called Casabella. Um, the sparkle sponges in particular are, um, I think I've only ever seen Casabella make them. I'm sure other brands do make them. Um, I love sparkle sponges. I use the sparkle sponges for cleaning my floors and my handsies and kneesies. Um, which is actually really like, you know, you, you kind of asked about like what, how, how do you clean the party gravy? Honestly, you just got to forget a mic, for, forget a mop. You just got to like get down on your hands and knees when it's like that grimy. Um, but the sparkle sponge is great for it because one, it's sparkly. Um, and two, it's, um, it's a little bit abrasive. So it will kind of like gently scour stuff up off the floors. Um, they're also great for, 
you know, stovetops and vent hoods. Just again, be a little careful that you're that you're checking to make sure that they're not damaging the finish. Um, and you know, don't bear down so hard if it looks like they are. Or use a different tool. Um, you just you know you just want to use a little a little care. Um, test in an inconspicuous area before you go full throttle with them. The other thing to mention about sparkle sponges is that they do make a great gift. They are a fun little gift. I mean, don't that shouldn't probably be someone's like big, <laughs> big holiday gift. Um, but they're a great, way. they're a great stocking stuffer. They're a great, you know, third night of Hanukkah gift. Like they're, it's a little thing, but they're cute and they're fun. And I think it costs about $10 for a set of three. And if you gave those with those really cute rubber gloves with like the flocky edges. Yeah. Like, how cute would that yeah. be? Yeah. Great little, great little gift. Um, and maybe some fancy dish soap. Um, okay. One other thing I should have, I should have mentioned this, but I like threw it in like my notes late. Um, is if you're cleaning silver, um, nothing abrasive at all. Not the backside of a scrubby sponge, not a soft bristled toothbrush, not a sparkle sponge, nothing like that. Microfiber is what you want for for silver. Fun fact here: my master's degree is in metalsmithing. Oh my god! So we we did a lot of silver cleaning, and so I was thinking about this actually because um, you love a Dremel. I do. And if you get some of those polishing, uh, like, discs on the Dremel, like, yeah. that on some silver, that feels yeah. so good. I'm going to maybe do that, actually. Now now I'm like, ooh, where, where can I get my hands on some silver? Uh, I have to go up to my mother's house. Hmm, maybe I'll rethink that. Um, okay, and then one last sponge. This is probably not going to surprise any of you um, to hear me talk about it, but it might surprise you to hear me talk about it in this context. The Magic Eraser. My old pal, the Magic Eraser. Um, not actually made of magic. I know what it's made of. I'm not going to tell you because I, I like to live in a world where we all think it's made of magic. Um, magic eraser, fabulous on stovetops, first of all. I use one a lot of times. Um, I mean, I clean my stovetop all the time. Um, but because it's a um, old gas stove with an enamel top, the spot where the pilot is tends to get darkened just because it's it's constantly exposed to the heat of the pilot. Um, and so I use a little magic eraser, like just even during my weekly cleaning, just to like scrub that little spot off. Um, great for like the big splatters on the backsplash all, you know, all over the, the, the surface of the oven. Um, but you can also use them on your, on your cookware. So when you've got that white lasagna pan that you love, that you want, that you, you know, you finally one afternoon, you're like, I'm going to make this thing perfect. The magic eraser is going to make that thing perfect. Oh That's how you're going to do it. So you're going to use a combination of things with that. You know, really, you're going to soak. You're going to give it a good scrub. And then you're going to do your detail work with the magic eraser. That sounds so brain calming. It does, to actually. To do that, like, I would take my, my ADHD medication, some CBD oil, and <laughs> just, like, go to town on a pan. Yeah. That sounds, sounds like a really great, nice. lovely afternoon. One thing to mention about... Um, the the magic eraser if you're going to be working with it for a long period of time you might want to wear a pair of gloves i find that they're very drying on my hands oh good to know yeah so like if you are going to do that kind of like i'm going to spend 20 minutes detailing my lasagna pan um gloves are probably a great idea for that and then you know what you know bear in mind also that after you've used the magic eraser you do want to do another pass with hot soapy water to get it clean of all of the the drips from the magic eraser um, but yeah, Magic Racer. Try it on your pots and pans, you guys. Uh, on that note, 
That'll do it for this episode of Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. My brain feels cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> so good. We, we didn't even have to bleach it. Uh, if you guys like what you heard today, please consider becoming a patron by going to patreon.com slash person and selecting one of the amazing rewards I'm offering to my listeners. I would also love it if you would subscribe on Acast or iTunes, leave a rating, and tell your pals about this weird little cleaning show that you love so much. And of course, thanks to you, my listeners, for joining me for another episode of Ask a Clean Person podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.